It helps us get to the root of the issues that divide us. Come on, somebody. It helps us speak truth honestly. It helps us come to resolution. Y'all got that? Yeah. The only one that sees confrontation as a negative thing is the victim. Mm -hmm. The person playing the victim sees confrontation as a negative thing. Mm -hmm. Y'all got that? Yeah. Come let us what? Reason, reason together. together. Say reason together. Reason together. Isn't, that, isn't that about confrontation? Yes. Isn't that about let us sort out our differences so that we could connect and collate on a whole nother level? You only go through confrontation with somebody you plan on being with in the future. Yeah. Where the married people at? I've been married almost 32 years. You anybody anybody married to you that won't that won't go toward you in confrontation, they don't either they don't plan on staying with you or they got somebody else. Lord, y'all, y'all, hello. Y'all should have lost you to watch my videos before y'all invited me. Anybody that won't argue with you. Or, or go work through tension with you. Somebody shout, tension is not a bad word. Tension is reflective of a difference of ideals. All it means is I wasn't raised like you. Come on, tell somebody, I, I, it don't mean I don't like you. It just means I wasn't, I wasn't raised like you. I always tell people, if you married and you never have tension and confrontation, somebody's being oppressed. Somebody's dying in the relationship to keep you happy. Somebody's going along just to get along. But you have tension. Why? Because we have different of ideals. We have different priorities. I see raising kids one way. You see raising them another way. I see money one way. You see it another way. I see our church involvement one way. You see it another way. I see parenting one way. You see it another way. And, and we don't just get, I married my wife, August 27, 1991, right? After that, I've had to marry her over and over again. <laughs> Ask me how. Wow. Through tension. Just my tension means you need to marry something else. That's all it means. We have to marry our ideologies about managing money. Why? Because it ain't just me doing my thing no more. And I don't realize I can't spend all my money until I have tension with you. I didn't even realize it was no longer my money until I had tension with you. Somebody shout corporate vision. Corporate purse. We got to be on the same page. You realize it takes tension to get on the same page. Y'all got that, believers? So confrontation is a wonderful thing. A wonderful thing when it's done in the right way. Because it helps us to deepen our resolve and our commitment to one another. Y'all got that? That's all it does. And if you think it's anything else, then somebody taught you wrong. Now, verbiage matters also. You know, I love the poster board. Oh, I'm still in that. I love the poster board thing. And here are our strengths. And what'd you call the other thing? Opportunities. Yeah. Our growth opportunities. Call them growth opportunities. Why? Because somebody gets intimidated by the word weakness and they make it, it makes them feel like they don't measure up to the process. Somebody shout, they are growth opportunities. Y'all got that? All right, so that's that. Let's jump into what I believe the Lord put on my heart to share with you today. So we're going to talk about leadership uh, and 
I've got to let you know that all of my life, even when I was doing dirt, I was the leader. Hello, somebody. Amen. Somebody asked me, are leaders born? I'm like, everybody's born. You can't even be here if you haven't been born. But now there are some people, and I know there are many on the side of my voice, that it just seems like all your life you've been pulled into a place of leadership, even then, even when you didn't want to be the leader. That's you, raise your hand, right? Some of us have a natural bent and inclination toward leading others, all right? But that doesn't mean we cannot all develop leadership capacity. Say, I can develop leadership capacity. Now, all of your development is predicated upon one thing. Tell somebody, don't compare yourself with anyone else. Don't compare yourself with anyone else. Paul said they are not wise because they compare themselves among themselves. So it's not wise. Say it's not wise for me to compare myself with anyone else. You know, whenever you compare yourself to other people, you have conversations in your head, your head that ain't in theirs. Oh, hello, somebody. You got a whole dialogue going on in your mind. Ain't nobody even thinking about. I don't want nobody to think. First of all, we don't know you. So please first get to know us and introduce yourself and build a relationship. Let us grow to hate you if we need to. All right. I'm kidding. Those are jokes. Y'all should have watched my videos. Y'all need to know when I'm joking and when I'm not. All right. So we need to develop the capacity to be well-rounded leaders. So all my life I've been leadership. I've been a leader, even when it was a bad thing that I was a leader. All right. But all of my life I've been in leadership uh, and I've also been in management all of my life. I literally have been in a management capacity on my job since I was 18 years old, 18, 19, all the way to 52 with a, a grandchild now. So I've been in leadership all of my life and I've been in management. Look, somebody tell them leadership and management are not the same thing. They are two different things. You lead people through your influence. Y'all got that? You lead people through your influence. You manage outcomes, but you lead people, and there is a difference. And why is that? Because there are some people that are in leadership that operate like managers with people, which means you're using them as pawns to get your will done. Okay. And you don't really care about them. And you can't, watch this now, and there's no way you can motivate people effectively if you're just using them to achieve outcomes. Mm-hmm. Hello? Mm-hmm. Now don't get mad. That's what you get paid for your uh, your job. Somebody's using you on your job to get an outcome. Yeah. Oh, come on. That's why. You sold yourself to them for uh, $15 an hour. Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello, somebody. You see that? So you, so... Uh, they are managing you to get an outcome. Management is about outcome. Y'all got that? It's about outcome, producing an outcome with people and products and so on and so forth. But leadership is about how, leadership is the conversation of how I use my influence. Oh my God. They go write this down if you're taking notes. The greatest stewardship you'll ever have is not money. It's the stewardship of your influence. I want you to ask somebody, do you realize how you affect people? Oh, y'all don't talk in this church? You will today. Look at somebody and ask them, do you realize how you affect people? Come on, ask somebody else. Do you realize the impact of you on others? Now, watch this now. If you don't realize the impact of you upon others, can you really be intentional about that? You cannot. You can only accidentally be somebody else's problem all the time. 
So we want to make sure that we know, say, I want to know the effect I'm having upon others. Now, and I want to be intentional about the effect that I have upon others. To the degree that my life impacts, say impact. Ask somebody, do you want to impress people or impact people? Many people in church spend a whole lot of time trying to impress people and never make a what? And impact is about others. Impressing you is about me. Impacting you is about you and about God's glory in your life. I want to make an impact. Y'all got that? I want to make sure that my life wasn't a complete waste time to yours. Come on, somebody. I want to make sure that I utilize my gifts and my talents to engage your life in such a way that you are motivated to do what God called you to do with your life. Y'all got that? Say, I want to make an impact. I want to make an impact. All right, so let's move on into this. So what is leadership? And I'm going to ask, pull up uh, Psalm 23, very familiar passage of scripture. Amen. And uh, also Exodus 3 is where we're going, and then we're going to jump into these keys. Psalm 23, some of you can uh, quote it. Amen. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restored my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Y'all got that? Now, so I want you to remember that. We're going to Exodus 3, in your Bibles if you would, Exodus 3 and verse 7. Exodus 3, 7. It says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. Who is he talking to? Moses, right? And he says, I've heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Who's coming down to deliver the people? God, God is. Somebody shout, God is. God is. And bring them up out of that land into a good land and large and flowing with milk and honey, and into a place of the Canaanites and Hittites and Amorites and Perizzites and Hivites and Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come up to me. And I also have seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee. Who is he sending? Moses. Say Moses. And that thou must bring my people up out of uh, my people, the children of Israel, up out of Egypt. God said, I came down to deliver them. Then God said to Moses, I'm sending you. Oh my God. God said, I'm coming to do, do it. Then God said, Moses, go do it. Somebody shout, whatever God is doing, he's doing through me. Now remember that when you have to lead people, that whatever God is doing, he's doing through you. Okay. Now, why don't I take you to Psalm 23, which is about good shepherding. Now, if you're in this room, you're part of the shepherding process. Oh, hello, somebody. If you are a leader, you are part of the shepherding process. All of the shepherding doesn't rest on Pastor Hauser. If you're in this room, you're part of the shepherding process. You got that? 
that's why she wants you to be more intentional about your behavior. Say my behavior matters my behavior to, the matters. to the process of other people. Ask somebody, do you look like where people are going? Or do you look like where they never want to be again? Do you look like where other people are going? Or do you look like where they never want to be again? Y'all got that? Everything in the shepherding process is about the people on the other end of how I behave. Oh, that's a whole word right there. Oh, my God. Everything about the shepherding process are the people on the other end of how I behave. Somebody shout, there's people on the other end of my behavior. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. It's rhetorical. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? There are people on the other end of my behavior. Wouldn't it be something that people came to new direction looking for a new direction? And they were drawn to Dr. Hauser and her vision for a new direction. And they went the other direction because of you. Oh, hello, somebody. Tell somebody you got to be like your leader. Why? Because people weren't drawn here for your leadership. They were drawn here for hers. And you are an extension of her. Oh, y'all don't like it. I want to be my own self. Then start your own church. Watch what God said when the, when the people multiply. God, it's not good, Moses, Joshua told him, or Jethro told him, you should do this alone. God said, come here, Moses. I'm put 70, 70, bring 70 people. I'm going to put your spirit on them. God did not say, I'm going to put my spirit on them. He said, Moses, I'm going to put your spirit. Why? I know how you love people. So I'm going to put 70 people. I'm going to make sure that what's in you is in them because the 70 are an extension of the one. Y'all got that? You like your leader, but are you like your leader? Does that make sense? People should never be drawn to my ministry because of what's on me and leave my ministry because of what's on you. Y'all got that? Look, look somebody tell me, is that serious? Now, so Psalm 23 shows us shepherding. If you're in this room, you're part of the shepherding paradigm. Okay, if, uh, Exodus 3, 7 through 10 shows us the essence of leadership. Y'all got that? God's answer to people in crisis. In Exodus 3, the Israelites were in what? Crisis. They were in bondage. They were under oppression. They were in a less than desirable state. Say a less than desirable state. Less than desirable. God's answer was leadership. God's God, the solution to people in oppression is leadership. Y'all got that? You see that? So God said, I'm coming to do something. Then Moses said, go do, then God told Moses, go do something. Whatever God's doing, he's doing through me. Y'all got that? So what is leadership? All right. We're into our notes now. The processing, the process of helping people to transition from one reality to another reality. Y'all got that? That's what leadership is. Leadership is the, somebody's got to advance my slide for me. Uh, yeah, please. Leadership is the process of helping people. It's coming up in a minute. Bam, bam, one more time. There, and one more time. There you go. It is the process of helping people to transition from one reality to another reality. 
Y'all got that? Somebody shout it's transitional. Now, what do you mean by that? I always tell people like this, Craig. Manifestation Worldwide is a very productive place. I tell people, if you don't grow in this church, it's your fault. Why? Because we made it so you everything is here if you want to grow, right? And I always tell people like this. If you don't want to change, you don't need me. Oh, hello, somebody. I am not here for your entertainment. I am here for your transition. Y'all got that? I don't want you to enjoy my messages. I want you to use them to the way you live life. Does that make sense? Because they will transform your life. They will keep you in the place that God has purposed for you to live. So it is a process. Say leadership is a process. Now think about this. The people were in oppression. God wanted Moses to bring the people out of what? Out of bondage, which was in what country? Egypt. And take them through what? Through a what? Through a what? A wilderness and bring them into what? A promised land. Somebody shout, out of bondage, through a wilderness, into promised places. Tell someone, that's exactly what you're doing. That's exactly what's going on in your department. People ought to be getting free in your department. Every time they come, people should be glad to see you every time they see you. I want you to ask your neighbor, are people glad to see you every time they see you? Come on. Hello. Now, tell your neighbor, if you got joy, notify your face. If you say, I know I got joy, and you said it, well, you manifest when you said it. I know I got joy. All right. You got joy, notify your faith. People should be glad to see you every time they see you. Y'all got that? Yeah, I'm sitting by her. Why? She got joy. There's all kind of peace on this woman. I'm sitting by her. Y'all got that? People should be glad to see you. Why? Because you are a part of people's transition in life. Say it with me. I'm a part of people's transition in life. Because I'm a leader. Y'all got that? Number next. Leadership is the responsibility of helping others to embrace change. Y'all got that? Think of all that Moses did to get those people to realize that where they were going in God was better than sitting around them slave pots in Egypt. Think of all of the wrestling he did with them to help them settle down and embrace a new reality. So what do leaders do? We help people. We take responsibility for people embracing change. Now, how do we do that? What somebody shout, wherever we're going, if I'm a leader, I got to get there first. First. You ain't the leader late. I said you ain't the leader late. Even if you got a good excuse, you ain't the leader late. See that? I got to get there first. Now, I'm not just talking about time management. I'm talking about, do I understand where this vision going and am I embodying it right now? Mm. Come on. Do, somebody shout, new direction. New direction. Now, somebody, have you already gotten there? Mm. Oh, God. Do you even know what the new direction is? Have you captured the essence of the vision? What is this woman talking about? You should have asked God, what is my pastor saying and how do I get there so I can help accommodate people going there? If you don't get there, you can't help accommodate people going there. Come on, somebody. You know what some of us are like in leadership? Anybody ever been confidently given wrong direction by somebody? Yes. You in the city, you don't know where you are. Hey, how do I find If they lean on your car, they lying on you. you. Listen, if they lean on your car, they lying. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, you want to go down there by that? Just by if they lean on your car, they lie. But they confidently send you in the what? Wrong direction. Why? Because they didn't want to say what? I live here and I don't know. I go to this church and don't know where it's going. I go to this church and I have no idea what God has said to my leader. I have no idea what, it, what part I play in the process of this new direction. Now, don't you dare set a meeting with pastor about this, this conversation I'm having with this between me and you. Okay? When I was in your place as a supporting leader in someone else's ministry, the bishop did not have to tell me my part in his vision. God told me my part in his vision. In fasting and prayer. God said to me in 1994 in Cincinnati, Ohio, I was on the third floor of the hotel we were staying in. God told me what I was to impart into the church. God told me what I was to do in service to the man of God and the vision. It's funny that everything God told me meant me making sacrifices for other people. How you hear from God and, and it's always somebody doing something for you? Mm. Tell somebody, that ain't the voice of God. The voice of God is inconvenient truth and always laden with sacrifices. God will always stretch you. Y'all got that? So I went back to the church with that knowledge and served out of that knowledge God gave me. So I didn't have to go, what's my purpose here? Seems like they don't need me. That sucks. If that's you, that sucks. If that's you, that sucks. And your pastor ain't told me nothing. If, that, if that's you, that sucks. Get along with God. Why? Somebody shout conviction. Conviction. If you get it by conviction, you won't quit the next time somebody reject you. If you get it by conviction, you, don't, well, you won't find a convenient excuse to leave the church because you can't get along with somebody. Y'all got that? You realize when God spoke to me about my purpose in that church, the whole church could have burned out. I would have been standing there with the bishop. Why? Because I knew my purpose. And it didn't come from the man of God. It came from the mouth of God so I could serve the man of God. Y'all got that? You will not have me a part of something I haven't heard from God. Why? Because I could only be your problem if I'm around you but not inspired with you. Y'all got that? Does that make sense to you? All right, let's move on. It's the uh, leadership is the intentional use. Next, pull that next bullet for me, please. It's the intentional. Say intentional. intentional. Now write this down. Everything about leadership is intentional. You can't accidentally lead. Oh, hello, somebody. You cannot accidentally lead. Everything about leadership is intentional. It is the intentional use of influence to effectuate positive change in the lives of other people. Y'all got that? You got to know the effect that you are having on people. Because you know what I know for a fact? Everybody here is having an effect. The question is, are you making an impact? Y'all got that? Now, I've been recently talking to our church about the difference between being a consumer and a distributor. Oh, hello, somebody. Mm -hmm. And there's a huge difference between, right, I come to church because what God got for me is for me. That sucks. <laughs> I want to be who God uses to bless other people. Somebody shout, I'm a distributor. I'm a distributor. Not, not a consumer. 
My mindset is I want to be a blessing to as many people as I can. Now, you know what I found out about always giving? Somebody shout, I always got. What does yeah. the, the fountain that, that, that the picture that fills all these other glasses, right, has to stay under the fountain. The fountain fills me so I can fill others. Y'all got that? All right, let's move on to identifying a leader. And there are three bullet points I want you to pull up under that. So identifying a leader. First of all, a leader, leaders are those who have developed the capacity. Say capacity. The capacity to selflessly serve the well-being of other people. So one more bullet point. Come up, please. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Back down. Back down. Okay. Oh, Lord, I'm standing right here. I don't have my glasses on. Looking at it. Tells my use your glasses. All right. So it's those who have developed the capacity to selflessly serve the well-being of other people. Y'all got that? You know, like those of us that make announcements. I do what I do as unto the Lord. The same one, man. You leave their name off the program credit. Ah, oh, Lord, see who's what I'm talking about. They got their favorites. Uh, are you all? You can always find out why you do what you do when you don't get what you expected. Hello? I'm a humble servant. First of all, you would not be saying that if you were. <laughs> Tell somebody you'd be too humble to say that. Hello, somebody. So those who have developed the capacity to selflessly serve the well-being of others. I want y'all to think about this. So Jesus Christ was anointed of God. He healed to go about healing all manner of sickness and disease. The gospel message was accompanied with the power of God. Isn't that right? But when he went to the blind person, what did he do? Open their what? He went to the deaf person. What did he do? Went to the lame person. What did he do? He went to the man full of devils. What did he do? Every single encounter was about the person on the other end of the encounter. Everything he did was about the person on the other end of the exchange. Look at somebody tell him, it is never about you. The sooner you get that, the sooner you understand what leadership looks like. It is never about you. Y'all got that? And when you're really used by God, you don't hang around for your name to roll in the credits of people's life. I led them to Christ. I cast out their devils. I gave them a word of knowledge, and it was true because I'm on point. Chat, go sit down somewhere. Y'all got that? Somebody shout selflessly. What do you mean by that? I'm just here to help. I'm just, it ain't about me. Jesus healed people and said, don't tell nobody. You ain't never done that. <laughs> Think about that. Jesus healed people and said, no, don't tell nobody about this. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. But they couldn't contain it. Mm -hmm. They couldn't contain it because he'd been so good to them. Y'all yeah. got that? Yeah. Identifying a leader. Those who have developed, here it is, the depth to be responsible for the group. Mm -hmm. Somebody shout depth. Y'all yeah. got that? All right. Uh, I want to be over this department. All right. Now, you know, there are five different kind of personalities in that department. Ask somebody, are you ready for that? If you can't deal with the one personality of your husband, how are you going to deal with the five? Uh, oh, Lord, all right. Oh, Jesus. Oh, man. Stop being messy, Mark Jones. 
If you can't deal with that one personality at home, how are you going to deal with them five personalities in that department? Ask somebody, have you developed the depth for that? Now, why is that important? Say depth. Because if you, to develop depth, to be responsible for the group, you have to become the most adaptive person in the room. Y'all got that? Paul said, I became what? All things to all men that by all possible means I might do what? Save some. You know what it means? Somebody shout, I'm flexible. You know what that means? I'm going to lead you the way you need to be led. Oh, okay. All right. See, y'all don't know what I'm talking about, right? So I know how to lead strong-willed people. Do you? Hello? I, I can lead anybody. You understand what I'm saying? I can lead any kind of person. Why? Because I'll adjust to what they need. Oh, my. Did y'all hear what I just said? Come on, ask somebody. Are you adaptive enough to be the leader? Does that make sense? Somebody shout flexibility. flexibility. Write this down. Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be bent out of shape. <laughs> Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be bent out of shape. Does that make sense? You can't lead Peter the same way you lead James or John. Does that make sense? You know, John, you just talk to them. They do everything you want. Peter, you got to holler at them. You got Paul. Listen, Paul knew how to deal with Peter. He's like, Peter, you being a hypocrite. There are some people in the church that you got to call them out right when they're acting crazy. That's that's literally how you have to do it with them. You don't do it, do it any other way. They ain't going to respond right. Oh, Lord Jesus. All right. It's true. You can't lead everybody the same way. You, you lead everybody to the same outcome. But you can't lead everybody the same way. Tell somebody you have to be more adaptive. If you're going to be responsible for the whole group, you have to develop your capacity. Does that make sense? Because some of us, watch it now. Some of us can only deal with people like us. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Some of us can only lead people like us. Oh, my God. Some of us search through the church and find little people have the same little temperaments we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all got that? Yeah. Now, now, meanwhile, right? Meanwhile, you're telling God you cannot be used broader. All right, let's talk to the mechanics in the room for just a moment. I know some of y'all do watch the the, D, the DIY shows, right? So think about this, right? Vice grips. Anybody know what vice grips are? Anybody know what a what a what a uh, a three eighth wrench is? No. Uh, five six nine sixteen wrench, no. the wrench that has like one setting on it, like for that one nut. Y'all got that? One that somebody's got one nut. So the nine sixteen can only deal with nine sixteenth inch bolts, right? So now, which gets more use, the vice grips or the nine sixteenth wrench? Why? So you get more use in the kingdom when you're adjustable. God will use you more when you're adjustable. Oh, my God. What if I told you you may be too rigid for God's use? Hello, somebody. Because you know what you know. And you shall not be moved, you little 916 wrench. I said wrench, not winch. <laughs> now, what? Uh, let's identify leader. Those who set an example without an excuse. My God, help me. 
The leader is the one who sets the example without an excuse. What had happened was without an excuse. Y'all got that? Look at somebody tell me, you can count on me to be the example. Now, I hear so many in leadership talking about respect and respect and respect and respect to a person. Normally, when people don't feel respect, they complain about respect of persons. But that's only because they don't know how to get respect. And they don't understand the connection between consistency and respect. Oh, hello, somebody. They don't understand the, the, the connection between consistency and respect. They don't understand that. Say it with me. I teach people how to treat me. What's happening to you ain't original to us. Everybody you know been treating you this way. Don't make me come to your family reunion. Because the same effect you have with the church, you have with your family. Because wherever you go, there you are. Hello, somebody. And if you could achieve respect in your own home, then you'll have no problem achieving respect in the church or at work or at anywhere else. Because what makes you respected in public is the same thing that makes you respected in private. Oh, Are y'all understand what I'm saying? People who serve other people selflessly are always respected. Come on, somebody. And normally, if they do it their whole lifetime, they are memorialized. What do we celebrate Monday? See how quickly y'all knew that? See how y'all knew that? Because when you have a person that lived their whole life in selflessness for someone else, they are memorialized. You know the sad thing about some of us? You will die and no one remembers. And no one cares because you made no impact because you live for you. Y'all got that? It's just the truth of the matter. All right? Let's move on. How do I lead effectively? How do I lead effectively? Okay? And there are two, four, six bullet points to pull up under that if you want to pull them all the way up. How do I lead effectively? Now, first of all, as I said earlier, ask God for wisdom on how to lead effectively. Y'all got that? Why? Because we all have different challenges. You understand that? We have different variables in our lives. We come from different backgrounds. We have different gifts, talents, and abilities. That means there is no one, uh, what do you call it? One, uh, uh, one size fit all process to effectiveness. There is no one size fit all. This is not a cookie cutter approach. Y'all got that? It's highly individualized. All right? Now, as I just said a moment ago, all right, lead yourself first. If you can't lead yourself to get out of bed on time, you should not be asking somebody to put you over department. Hello? Lead yourself. Are you an example of what, where we're going? Oh my God. Lead yourself first. You understand that? That's how you lead effectively, is lead yourself first. Are you, are you governed by your vision or your vices? Oh my God. I'm going to ask you another question. Are you governed by your vision or your vices? Your habits, when you look at your daily habits, are they reflective of your vision? See that? Or your vices? Because your habits should be encoded with the DNA of where you're going, not where you've been. Oh my, y'all got that? 
So when I get up, I start working on things that move me to where I said I'm going. Isn't that right? Why? Because I'm, I'm leading me to a new place. Y'all understand that? I'm leading myself to another level of, of emotional wholeness. So that's why this morning when I got up, I listened to the savage psychologist. Help me get my mind right. I'm leading myself to another place of spiritual depth. So that's why I started the day in the word of God. Read this book over and over, cover to cover, 23 times, over and over. Why? Because I want spiritual depth. I, I start my day in prayer daily. Why? Because I'm leading me to another place of spiritual depth. Y'all got that? Before I came here today, I got on my treadmill. Amen? I worked on these abs. <laughs> I did some squats. Worked on these biceps. Why? Because I want, hello, look somebody tell you, you can be anointed and fine too. Yeah. Hello, somebody. Look, somebody tell me you can be anointed and fine. Look, somebody tell me if looking good is a crime, they're on the way to come get me now. I'm 52. I'm somebody's granddaddy. I'm feeling great. Hello, somebody. You know the blessing? I wake up, I don't have a pain in my body. Not one. Ain't that's a blessing all by itself, ain't it? Hello, somebody. I'm limber. Two days ago, I had my 90-minute massage. Oh, yes, Lord. Y'all holler at your boy. Y'all see me? Amen. Take care of me. Why? I got the last. No matter how anointed you are, that spirit needs a body to finish the assignment. Hello, somebody. It was her time to go. No, it wasn't. Say the Lord took her. No, bacon took her. Them hog mogs, them chitterlings to come. Them pork chops smothered their grave. That wasn't the Lord. That was the swine. Look, somebody tell them, lead yourself first. Amen. No, I eat healthy because I want to last. You know, 10 years ago, I got rid of soda. I got rid of sugar, white rice, white flour. Right, I call it the the uh, the uh, uh, what do you call it the uh, prejudice diet. I don't eat nothing white. <laughs> no white rice. Somebody will get it later. <laughs> Tell somebody that white stuff will kill you. Rice doesn't grow white. Sugar doesn't grow white. Tell somebody, there's no such thing as white bread Amen. until they bleach it. Yes. All right. Amen. Imagine what all that stuff is doing in your colon yes. and in your intestines. Yes. You understand that? Amen. You didn't bought out all the Pepto-Bismol and Miralax, right? You eat laxative like it's chewing gum. <laughs> that ain't normal. All right, let's move on. So lead yourself first. Always, somebody shall always know the assignment. That's one of the critical things about leading effectively. You got to know what's going on. Where are we now? What is this move right now? What is the assignment right now? How do my gifts matter to the present move? How can I better serve the context of where our church is now? You got to know the assignment. Posture yourself to meet needs. Tell somebody, if you're not meeting needs, you're not leading. Y'all got that? I just feel so... I feel so unneeded. I just feel like everybody else got it. That sucks. Yeah. 
<laughs> See, you know what? There are people with the motive, gift of mercy. Find them, because it's not me. Right? There are God gifted the house with wonderful people. They so nice and merciful. That ain't me. I'm like, stop complaining. Okay? Your gifts tell you the needs you have been designed to meet. Your, how, come and ask somebody, how are you gifted? I, like I said recently at our church, people say, I'm trying to find my place because I don't know where I fit in. Your gifts tell you where you fit in. Ask somebody, what do you care about? What, do God, what does God talk to you about? What motivates you? What inspires you? Your, those are your gifts. They tell you the needs that you meet. Y'all got that? The Bible said, whatsoever your hands find to do, do it with all your heart. If you start doing something, you'll find everything else you're supposed to do. I just gave you a word. If you just start doing something, you will find everything else you're supposed to do. Tell somebody, put your hand on the plow, and it'll lead you to fullness. If you start doing something, you'll find everything else you're supposed to do. Y'all got that? Number next, endeavor to keep your methods in alignment with your message. Y'all said that on, on the cards over there, right? Somebody shout, my method matters. My method. There are times when you have the right message, but your method is standing in the way. And people can't hear what you're saying because all these gyrations you be going through. <laughs> all this stuff right here and your methods, like calm down with all that. Hello, somebody. Your methods can stand in the way of your message, and your message may be true, but your methods are a distraction. Does that make sense? It's like rebellion keeps asking questions. You keep answering. I heard y'all. I'm going to tell you what that is. Well, I just I just got questions. All right, what you got questions about? Here it is. There's the answer. Well, I still just got questions. Well, all right, what you got questions about? Well, here's what is the answer, right? Rebellion keeps asking questions when answers have been given. That's rebellion. I'm here to tell you, after 30 years of walking with the Lord, that is rebellion. That's all it is. You know what I'm saying? You know, let's say, stop saying you got a question and start saying, I don't agree. If you're being truthful, that's what you You don't agree. But you like to veil it in questions so you can look innocent in your rebellion. I said you are veiling it in question form so you can look innocent in rebellion. Think about this for just a moment. Tell me, it's not this hard to get nothing done. Come on, listen to my tell me, it's not this hard to get nothing done. I want you to think about this for just a moment. So y'all going to get this so plainly. Moses come down off the mountain with stuff he wrote down that came from God. Actually, the finger of angels wrote it. But he come down off the mountain with, with some tablets, right? Written by the very hand of God, right? Moses come down, all white face, right? Come down the mountain, give it to them, right? Them people didn't do... <laughs> Straight from God with simple instructions, right? And, and huh? And the people couldn't follow the simple instruction that came straight from God, and they weren't even that deep. Yeah. <laughs> what does that tell you about people? People who want to follow God don't need a lot of instructions. People that don't want to follow God will always need instructions they won't follow. They always make it complicated. Y'all see that? Oh, what well, the church, the church ain't doing what it's supposed to. Shut up. You suck. 
because you're not part of the solution. You suck. You suck. You suck. Because you're not part. Can you create what you're talking about? If not, then sit down and shut up. Church need to do more. Have you ever created what you're talking about on your own? No. Then sit down and shut up. Or bring it. Tell somebody, bring it. Bring it. Ain't no love in the church. Did you bring it? Did you bring it? If you brought it, we should have it. But see, people have questions. It's I'm telling you, it's rebellion. That's what it is. It ain't questions because they've been answered. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Endeavor to keep your methods in alignment with your message. Here's the last thing. Tell somebody, keep your flesh out of the way. If you want to lead effectively, you got to keep your flesh out of the equation. Write this down. People in your flesh only bother you when you're in yours. <laughs> People in their flesh only bother you when you're in yours. So you want to stay out of your flesh when dealing with people. Y'all got that? If you walk in the spirit, you won't slap nobody. That's pretty simple. You walk in the spirit, you won't cuss nobody out. You walk in the spirit, you won't be nasty. Isn't that right? You walk in the spirit, you will not succumb to the dictates of the flesh. Isn't that what the Bible said? All right. So stay out of your flesh. Now, what can we expect? All right. What can we rightfully expect from a leader? A leader. Three things I want you to write down here. Three things that we can expect from a leader. Before you write these down, write this down. Perfection is not on the list. You know, two things I want you to think about, okay? God does not expect of you as a leader that you'll be perfect. This is not about perfection, okay? Somebody shout, I don't need to be perfect. I need to be intentional. See, I need to be intentional. I need to make sure that my motives are right in what I'm doing and I'm, I'm being intentional in my behavior. That's what God expects. God wants me to be, here's a better word, sincere. Y'all got that? Y'all got that? You should never be under any pressure to perform up to anyone's expectations. You know, I, I told you, I've been pastor in my church 22 years, seven years in another church before that I was assistant pastor, right? But I don't have any people pressure. Like, I got to be a certain way in order for you to endorse me. I'm like, this is what I am. Now, figure out if this is what you want, because ain't, ain't no way you're going to make me become something to make you comfortable with me. Hello, somebody. Inauthenticity comes at a great price emotionally. Tell somebody, I'm not going to be phony to please you. Y'all got that? What you see is what you get. Anybody knows me will tell you, this is the same guy at home as you see out in public. That makes sense? Mm -hmm. All right. So perfection is not on the list of what is rightfully expected of you as a leader. Intentionality. You need to be sincere. You need to be intentional as a leader. But you don't have to be perfect. You see that? Mm -hmm. All right. Now, I had a young pastor ask me, say, do you ever get nervous before you speak? I felt that in the room right now. Do you ever get nervous before you got to speak? And I said, I used to when I thought, was pre when I thought preaching was about me. Look, somebody tell them, I'm not auditioning to be me. Y'all got that? Never audition to be you. Never be yourself and then look over someone and ask them, is this okay? No, this is what I am. This is what God made me. 
and this is what I'm going to be. Y'all got that? So never audition to be you. Be the God you. Be the person God designed you to be. Y'all got that? You're either going to function by design or you're going to fail for comparison. That make sense to you? All right. So what can we expect from you as a leader? Number one, integrity. Integrity. Integrity is what binds the heart of a people to a leader. Y'all got that? Now, to give you a better word for integrity, anybody ever been out on a boat? Right? What is the one thing you don't want in the boat when you're out on the water? Water. water. <laughs> Hello, somebody. One thing you don't want in the boat when you're on the boat is water. Right? So you want the boat to be what? Seaworthy. What's another word? Sturdy. It starts with an S. It ends with an ound. Sound. You want the boat to be sound. That's what integrity is. Soundness. It's about soundness. See? I don't need to be perfect, but I do need to be sound. I need to be solid. Does that make sense? All right. That's what binds the heart of a people to a leader is they know you are a sound person. You understand that? There's an element of reliability to you and to the way you do things. Does that make sense? All right. Now, here's number two. Here's number two. It is expected that you will be a person of character. Say character. character. Now, what do you mean by that? God, it is expected that I will be a moral example, right? I'll be a moral example. You know, not like some of our folk in Alicia. Uh-uh, keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't be looking at me. <laughs> Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So all this, uh-uh, look at Jesus. Don't be looking at me. That ain't godly. <laughs> People should see what Jesus looked like looking at you. Because you are morally. Somebody shout, I'm morally sound. Does that make sense? You're not going to find me with a wife and a girlfriend. Oh, hello, somebody. I don't drink com communion and J&B. Hello, somebody. <laughs> oh, amen. Morally sound example. And that you will never exploit the vulnerabilities of other people. Does that make sense? Character. Say character. character. What do we expect from a leader? This is huge. Direction. Direction. Right? As a leader, you should know the way. You should show the way. Demonstrate. And you should go the way. Y'all got that? Never say people should be something that you have never modeled. Oh, my God. Never say people should be something that you have never modeled. Modeled. Y'all got that? Does that make sense? Y'all gonna go back to this respect thing again because people have a fear over respect, right? They don't understand. You, right, if, if people can see these three things, integrity, character, and a sense of direction in your life, you are going to always be the highly respected person in any environment. Y'all got that? I, I'm a part of my peer group are, are uh, multimillionaires and business owners and so on and so forth, right? That's who I'm around. I am highly respected in that group. And a question gets answered. Now think about it. I'm sitting around the table from people who manage hundreds of millions of dollars, right? A question gets answered in our group. 
Guess who people look at? Straight at me. <laughs> now why? It doesn't matter where you are. If you're a person of integrity, character, and direction, you're, you're going to be highly respected. Y'all got that? All right. Y'all heard me right, man? That's how you get it. Y'all going to respect me. Uh, no, we're not, sir. No, we're not, sir, because we saw your porn. All right. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. Let's move on. How do I support my leader? Ephesians 5.17 is the verse. Okay. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Somebody shout, every season, I should be in the know. Listen, you should be in the know even if you're not in the group. Oh, Lord. What do you mean by that? Do you hear from God? If you hear from God, God's got something to say about what you are a part of. Y'all understand that? So that you can discern where things are going and align yourself to be of use and of service. Y'all got that? Write this down. It's not important to be important, but it's important to be relevant. It's not, impo it's not important to be important, but it is very important to be relevant. What does it mean to be relevant? Huh? What does it mean to be relevant? All right, so I'm going to put it in, in some vernacular you understand. What did Kmart do to you that made you get mad at them and quit them and go to Walmart? <laughs> Y'all, now they closed they close down because of you. <laughs> you or you ordained Kmart irrelevant because they were no longer meeting your What Blockbuster do to you? Remember Blockbuster? Can you go in there and go down the aisle and find you a little movie? <laughs> now, you got, how many of y'all watch Netflix? You got Netflix, right? Now, how many of y'all watch Netflix now that use the go to Blockbuster? Raise your hand, right? All right. Now, what Blockbuster do to you? They close Blockbuster down. You close Blockbuster down. <laughs> they are you. I'm trying to get you to understand. Yeah. You, you kept them open and you closed right. them. Y'all ever notice when something shut down, they did it as if you wasn't giving them money to keep them open? <laughs> Here's what happened. Here's what happened. They were no longer meeting your needs. So, what makes me relevant is not how long I've been with the church. Because there's no tenure in the kingdom. Y'all better read Revelation. Somebody said, there's no tenure in the kingdom. You may have tenure on your job, but that don't work in the church. Amen. Why? Jesus said in Revelation, you left your first love. You know what Jesus said? Same thing Janet Jackson said. What have you done for me lately? <laughs> Current matters to God. Y'all see that? God said, return to your what? First love. Somebody shout, Current matters to God. Now, here's what I'm trying to get you to understand. The only reason Toys R Us ain't getting your money no more. The only reason Blockbuster ain't getting your money no more. The only reason Kmart ain't getting your money no more. The only reason Sears and Roebuck with the catalog and the pictures drawn in. I remember that. The only reason they're not getting your money anymore is because they failed to adjust to meet your needs. You know what you said, Kmart? 
I want to be able to get toilet paper, a tire, and my glasses in the same place. They said, we don't do that. Go down the street. And enough people went down the street. Y'all got that? Write this down. What makes me relevant is the needs that I'm currently meeting. Oh, Lord. What makes me relevant is the needs that I'm meeting. I didn't say you weren't important. I didn't say you weren't valued. Valuable. We know you're valuable because you've been bought with a price and purchased by the blood of the lamb. But you could be valuable and unnecessary. Because your relevance is defined by the needs that you are meeting. Y'all understand that, believers? And I had to paint it to you in a picture of all the people you dropped so you'll understand why you're being dropped. Oh, Lord, let's move on. Let's move on. Hello. So my job is to remain what? Relevant. How do I do that? Somebody say, I will find new, new needs and meet them. I'm going to adjust. Listen, every season I went through under my leader and I felt the change was happening. I heard the change and since the change. You know what I asked God? What am I now? Mm. You know why many of us can't grow with a church? Because you shall not be moved. Every season I said, Lord, what am I now? It's like, well, this is what's needed. All right, I'm going to become that because that's what the vision needs. I'm going to become that. Say, I'm going to become that. Y'all got that? You're not going to lose anything becoming what the vision needs. You grow. Your depth increases. Your reliability increases. The kingdom trust over your life is increasing every time you adjust. Does that make sense? So many things I started and handed off to other people so they could run it. I don't start anything to run it myself because it ain't about me. You understand that? So many departments I started handed to somebody else. My, you know why my church runs so well? I run a multi-million dollar church in the hood, in the ghetto. Why? Because I don't start anything to run it myself. Always looking to create opportunity for other people. You understand that? Always looking to be a blessing to the neighborhood. Always look. It's not about me. It's about the, the effect of God through my life. Does that make sense? So you got to keep adjusting. If you're going to meet needs and remain relevant, you got to be adaptive and sensitive. You got to know what God is up to. Does that make sense? Alrighty. So how do I support my leader? I'm glad you asked. Pastor Hauser didn't tell me to tell you this. The Lord did. So number one, you got to know the leader's heart. I'm going to ask you, this is rhetorical. Do you know your leader's heart? Do you know their heart? You know what they're all about? See that? Some of y'all are like, nah, I'm just waiting on see God put something in it for me. Me. Cons <laughs> consumer. It's a consumer. Everything got to be for you and your enjoyment. All right? Number two, do you know your leader's vision? What is the unique revelation that your leaders carry? Make sense? Mine is the manifestation of the sons of God. Everything I'm doing. I, I had somebody ask me this week about how many people come to our church or something. I'm like, I don't know and don't care. They're like, what? I'm like, man, I ain't never been trying to grow no church. I'm trying to develop the people in front of me. Amen. Amen. Do y'all know I preach the same way I preach right now when my church was three little girls with the same last name? Yeah. Yeah. The, the deacon's kids. <laughs> True story. My first congregation was three little girls with the same last name. That he would, Deacon would get his girls and say, come on in here so pastor got somebody to teach to. Mm -hmm. 
And I sit them down. I preach the manifestation of the sons of God to three little girls yeah. with the same last name. Y'all got that? 22 years later, you know what I'm preaching? The manifestation of the sons of God. Through Manifestation Worldwide and Center for Manifestation and Manifest Theological Institute and Manifestation Early Child Care Center and Manifestation School of Innovation and Learning and Manifestation is everything because that is my unique revelation. Does that make sense? All right. So do you know your pastor's unique revelation? Do you know what God has said to her that should summon something in you? I just, I just gave a big old word. Do you know what God has said to her that should summon something in you? Her vision should make your gifts make sense. Y'all got that? If, if her vision isn't making your gifts make sense, you are the weight that, is, that she is carrying. All right. Number three, you need to know why you were drawn to their field of vision. Now, I need to remind you that when you join a church, listen to my tell this is not Walmart. This is not Walmart. It's imperative that you understand that when you join a church, this is not Walmart. This is someone else's field of vision. Yeah. Paul said, I'm careful what I sow in another man's territory. Mm. Oh, my God. Mm. This is someone else's field of vision. Mm. This is a reflection of what God said to someone else. You're drawn into it to be a part of it. Don't frustrate it. Mm. Don't make it something other than what it should be. Yeah. Here's something else I want to remind you. Many of us, before we came into full-time ministry, number one, we didn't want to do this. Number two, we were already successful. I was debt-free when I came in the ministry. I, had a, I was making six figures before I came in the ministry. I was successful all of my life in management. I've been in management since I was 18 years old. I've had success and position all my life. I didn't want to do this. So why am I saying that? Because if I left... If I left my career path as a business manager, if I abandoned my life as previously as scheduled to come and create this field of vision, you don't get to walk up in it, tearing it up with your attitude, with your mindset, with your notion, with your, you don't get to do, this is my life's work. This is what I left my life to do for the Lord. You don't come in here just acting any kind of way. But people don't respect the fact somebody made a sacrifice to create this paradigm. Yeah. And don't come in here frustrating this yeah. and making this something. If I didn't make it about me, don't you make it about yourself. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Want to be seen, want to be noticed, want to stand out, want to look like something. I had to leave something to do this. Mm -hmm. Now you want to look like something in this? Does that make sense? No amount of spiritual warfare ever undermines the church. One ignorant believer. My people are destroyed for what? Tells me that one ignorant believer can undermine a great work. No devil can. But one ignorant, one ignorant believer can. Because they don't get what it's all about. See that? And they walk into church like they walk in the store. Everything in there just for me. And I get to just browse around and do what I want. And, knock on. and then you go and get meat and put it in the can out. <laughs> you don't care about nothing if you go get meat and you won't walk your tail back up to the back and put it tell somebody put stuff back where you got it from you didn't left a, you didn't hello somebody you didn't left pork chops over here with pork and beans that don't go there but that's the ignorance of some people joining the church they'll just do anything because they're not aware of what it took to create the paradigm and they will just do anything Without any consideration of the labor that somebody else put into this. My God, my 
anything they want to say come about their mouth. And then I've been 22 years making sure my mouth's, my mouth's instrumental to building people. <clears throat> All right. So you need to know why you were drawn to their field of vision. Number four, you need to know what the mission means to God. That right there is huge. So let me share something with you. Why I, why you ain't got to worry about me quitting ministry or, or committing suicide and all that other craziness, right? I know what I do means to God. I know exactly what it means to him. Somebody shout glory. Glory, glory is the satisfaction of intent. I know that me and the lives of people is doing what God intended. Anybody else know that? I know that me and the lives of other people is doing exactly what God intended. Glory is the satisfaction of intent. Does that make sense? All right. Glory is the satisfaction of intent. Why am I saying that? Because you got to know what the mission means to God. Y'all got that? So when you come in the new direction, you got to stop. Lord, what is this? You know, it ain't about this building. It's, you know, it's bigger than this. What, what does this mean to you? What does this mean? to What are you doing here that you draw me to be a part of? Y'all got that? Number five, you got to know your role and play your part. Okay? Know your role and play your part. Know your role and play your part. Okay? Now, can you shoulder division? That's the question of leadership also. Can you shoulder division? And I'm going to hurry because I want to be done in the next few minutes. I don't want to wear you out. Can you show the division? Now remember, these slides belong to y'all now. My hard drive don't. I want that back. Right. Can you show the division? Come on, ask somebody. Can you shoulder division? Now, what do you mean by that? Can you shoulder it, right? Consistency places the demand upon your leadership. Are you consistent? If you're not consistent, your shoulders can't be trusted. Come on, somebody. Do you have knowledge? Do you make a right? Knowledge makes you a point of reference for those with problems. Can, can, can we offload some of the question answering to you? So everything don't need to go to the pastor. I know good and well pastor don't lead that, that way here. You'd be amazed how much stuff I never have to address because of this man right here. Y'all got that? And he ain't an Absalom with a takeover spirit either. But there's so much stuff I don't want to be dealing with. This man deals with it. That's what he does. He works full time for our ministry as executive pastor. So there's a lot of stuff don't need to come to me. Now, why? Because the job of a visionary is to what? See. If I can't see further, we can't go further. So if, if I'm trapped up in operations, I can't see. If I can't see, we can't expand. Y'all got that? But you got to free me to see. Have you freed your pastor to see? Because if she can't see further, you can't go further. If she's still doing everything she's always done, you're not going any further than you've already gone. You got, to, you got to free her. Now, don't tell me I got it and then you half do it because I wouldn't have doing it. That is an annoying. Pastor, I, Pastor, you ain't got to be doing that. Well, you don't do it consistently. <laughs> Hello, somebody. That make sense? Consistency proves that you can show the division. Knowledge makes you a point of reference for those with problems. Strength. It's not the absence of weakness. It's the absence of excuses. Mm. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. Yeah. 
Strength is not the absence of weakness. It's the absence of excuses. All right. Are you level headed? Are you of a sound mind? Ask somebody, do you pop off on people? Oh, my God. Ask somebody, do you pop off on people? Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If I got to restrain myself, right? Y'all know the Holy Spirit will help you restrain yourself. The fruit of the Spirit is temperance. Tells me that's self-control. Tells me you ain't had to cuss nobody out. They got me out here acting like I ain't a Christian. No, because you ain't a Christian. That's why you acting that way. The real you is how you behave when you get pressed. They got me out here cussing. No, them, that unclean heart got you out there cussing. They done took me out of character. No, that is your character. You've been pretending to be something else in the praise team. We thought you were a praise, praise and worship leader. You're a problem maker. Come on, ask somebody, are you level-headed? What do you mean by that? Something happens and you're like, woosah, pull it down, Jesus, check with Jesus, and you don't have to respond right away in your flesh because you have a process in place to keep you in alignment with God before you start dealing with people. It's an inside job. Say it's an inside job. Now write this down. My anger with people makes it about me. Oh my God. Y'all got the nurse here? We did a nurse on hour one. <laughs> oh my God. Y'all got that? Y'all see, if it's truth, somebody shout truth, stand by itself. Somebody shout truth don't need my anger to be truth. See, and if I'm really trying to serve your well being, I'm not going to make this about me. I'm going to make sure it's about you. Speak the truth in what? Love. Speak the truth in love, the Bible says. Model the truth you spoke. Be an example. And intercede for change. All right. So, moving on. I think, I don't, I don't think I have many left. Lord, I don't know how many slides I get. Don't be the leader that distracts from the mission. Don't be the leader that distracts from the mission. Endeavor to be an asset, never the liability. Okay. Um, keep your attitude and mindset in agreement with the work. Attitude and mindset matters to what we are doing, right or right. Be an intercessor, not an instigator. I heard somebody say it earlier on the cards over there. You shouldn't. Not everything needs your commentary. I'm just saying no. That's the same mouth to all three marriages. Now you're trying to tear up a church. Saying though. All right. <laughs> Serve the vision with your resources. Y'all got that? And then lastly, lead through submission. <clears throat> which, which means you demonstrate humility through service. We said before, humility has a posture. The posture of humility is always servitude. If you are humble, you will serve. Hello? Jesus humbled himself and made himself a know what? Reputation, taking on the form of a what? Sir. If you are humble, you will serve. Y'all see that? 
teaching by example, submission to processes. Don't cheat or teach other people to do so. All right. Love means making other people the beneficiary of your influence. Other people are the beneficiary of my behavior and my influence. Y'all got that? So in conclusion, make sure that you understand the mission, endeavor to come under the mission, and work to accommodate the mission. And you know when your attitude is that, you know what you have accomplished? Submission. Amen? God bless you all. I hope you've been encouraged and blessed by our time today. Questions? Yeah, hey, that's extra though. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jokes. I didn't, I didn't know I could, and I don't assume my liberties that, y'all know what I'm saying? I'm a man under under order. So it's, all she asked me to do is teach, so I taught and sat down. Yeah. Hello? Now listen, I tell them that's a lesson. Do what you've been asked to do and sat down somewhere. That's what you do. <laughs> All right, do we have any questions since I've been invited? To, uh, hello? Any questions today? Anyone have any questions? Any comments you want to make? Any questions at all? There are no stupid questions. It's just stupid to get home and realize you should ask the question.